Hey, I'm Kevin Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Lads. Uh, okay, we still got to work on the timing. But anyway, today is September <laughs> 25th, 2018, coming to you from South Philadelphia. And sup, Martin? How's it going? Man, it's going great here, except that's a complete lie. My life is in shambles. Manchester United tied this weekend, the whole Pogba bullshit that's past day. And now they just got knocked out by Derby. So I'm going to drink my feelings away like a responsible adult. Are you going to get in your feelings by, you know, not dancing to some kiki song, but like drinking yourself to death? Yeah, I think that's my challenge. I can't dance, so I stick with the drinking challenge. Oh no, which when is I just no, drink until it numbs me. No, when I'm drinking, I can dance. Like I know I can dance. I'm really good. <laughs> oh, you know you can dance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> what are you drinking, Martin? We we keep forgetting to do the beer review in the beginning of the podcast. So, what are you drinking for this podcast? I'm actually drinking a local beer. It's uh, the brewery is about like 20 minutes away from me. It's called the Old Mecklen- uh, Mecklenburg Brewery. And it's called the Fat Boy Baltic Porter. It's 8.3, and it has some other numbers on it that I don't understand. But it is fucking dark. It is fucking delicious. And I feel like it is a uh, whole meal right now in a beer form. So it, it's it's one of the better beers that I've had down here. And I had no idea this place existed. So I'm going to go check it out tomorrow, actually. Oh, word? Okay. All right. Well, um, are we going to do reviews at the end? I know we're not here to, like, look at each other, unfortunately. But, like... Right. So we'll do reviews at the end. Okay. I have the Deschutes Brewery. Like, Dwight Schrute. Deschutes Brewery. It's a, a fresh-squeezed IPA. That's just the name of it. So... And it has, like... Like the hop is being squished by like uh, what are, like what are those things people use to like brace things like in a mechanic shop? You know what I mean? Like um, like hammers? No, 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 no. Like um, I don't know what the word is. Like you'd put something in there to like to hold something in place while you worked on it. Oh, a vice grip. Yeah, you know I, I I've been <laughs> I've worked on things before. Um, and it, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's from Oregon. It's actually pretty tasty. I just saw it because uh, it was like one of the last ones at the place I go to, like one of the last like random IPA packs that I've been like eyeing up. So it's pretty good. What would you give yours, Martin? Um, I'd actually give it an 8.7. And the only reason I don't give it a perfect score is because I'll probably drink like four or five of these and be super full and super drunk. So, uh, so what's the problem? If it was a little bit lighter. If it was a little bit lighter, I could drink more. That's my only. That's my only complaint. I'm actually going to move it up to a 9.0. This beer is delish. Uh, I think what you're saying is it's only what you holding you? What yourself would you give back. Yours? Um, oh, I would give mine probably like 8.2. It's pretty good. I mean, I think I've had better IPAs, but it's tasty. It's like pretty nice. And you know, shout out to Bend, Oregon. Uh, we got some listeners out there, so shout out to you guys. If there's any other Oregon beers, let us know. Um, so Martin, before we get into the shit show, which was the FIFA awards, which I, we can just say just, they don't mean anything anymore. Can we just say that? Yeah. 2018 has effectively ruined every single type of, of award. I mean, for God's sakes, it's not even called the, uh, balloon de war anymore. It's the best, but we'll get into that in a second. What were you saying? Um, yeah. Fuck HR. If anyone has to deal with human resources, I'm so sorry. Like, I was about to go through the fucking wall at the law firm today because this... Tell me about it. I used to work there. Tell me about it. I can just revel in all the hatred now. Yeah, because I had to drive up all the way to fucking North Jersey to our 
like North Jersey office and like I couldn't clock in or clock out that day and you know I just haven't like you know sent an email saying like alright these are my hours even though I woke up at like fucking 6.30 in the morning and got there and didn't get home till like 6pm like back to Philadelphia so I did like almost a fucking 12 hour day and then I get an email from HR it's like we're deducting your pay uh, because it seems that you're missing like uh, seven and a half hours so uh, this is what you're, and I'm like, whoa, 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 hey, like, don't, like, ask me, like, because they're saying, like, I had no hours for that day, I'm like, just, just fucking ask me first, I can explain, they're like, they're like, oh, I see you don't have any paid time off, I'm like, yeah, because, you know, I like to go drink, I can't be here all the time, you guys are not making me <laughs> fucking depressed, so, um, so yeah, I almost popped off an HR. That is such fucking bullshit, I... The amount of times that you and I have experienced something similar to that is just fucking shocking. It's it's like they somehow think that you just took the whole day off, didn't tell anybody, and then uh, were expecting to get paid for it. But no, you're actually driving somewhere. People saw you there. And yet... Let's uh let's dock his entire pay for a day without asking anybody. What? I love that. I love that logic. You know, I don't even make that much, so like it wouldn't even be that much. You know, like it's like you're, <laughs> yeah, right. you're already it'd be like fifty bucks. It's like oh wow, you're really like taking my day's pay. I'm really gonna be beat because I already make so fucking much. Um, I don't know, man. Like HR, like there's this whole like ruse about human resources that they're your friend. No, they work for the fucking company. Like I'm not trying to be like Alex Jones, Joe Rogan out here, like conspiracy theory guy but i'm just saying like human resources is looking out just for the company they say like you can disclose anything but really they're just trying to watch their own backs i don't know like dude i think i i think you're absolutely right you and michael scott have it right fuck toby fuck hr yeah all right well mic drop mic drop um let's move on to these other another shit thing fifa i mean it, like i can't even say fifa without saying like God damn it, they fucked up again. Like, FIFA and fucking up is just, like, PB and J. Like, it's just... Synonymous. Like, corruption in FIFA, them just blowing it, microtransactions, ultimate team. I just, you know, every time I mention FIFA, it's never like, wow, they did such a good thing this time. It's always like, <laughs> damn it, what did you do this time? So let's get to the FIFA awards. Uh, let's start off with Modric winning the Ballon d'Or, or FIFA's best, whatever, breaking Ronaldo and Messi's uh, Monopoly. I saw someone say Donopoly on it. I didn't know that was a word. But just from Messi and, Ren- <laughs> Messi and Ronaldo winning it every year. Um, like, I out of everything that was given that people have been upset about, this is the one where I'm like, I can accept this. I think it's deserved. I think taking his Croatian team to the World Cup final, winning the Champions League, uh tons of other awards and shit i think modric who's been kind of underlooked by everyone for a while i think he's finally gotten the award he deserves but if you would have if ronaldo would have won it i've been like fine if uh probably if salah would have won it i've been like oh but like because this didn't like win anything but like you, you know what i'm saying yeah and i mean i think first and foremost i'm gonna completely agree with you when you say this is the only one that i can wrap my head around and like agree with on some sense like, I, I think that Ronaldo is the better player. I don't think that there is a doubt in many people's mind that Ronaldo is a better player than Modric. Um, but what I found interesting is looking at Ronaldo's stats, Ronaldo should have won the um, Balloon d'Or. He, he played 55 games in 2018, uh, 54 goals and 11 assists. And then you compare it to uh, Modric, he played 58 games, 3 goals and 11 assists. 
but then you look at the substance. So you don't just look at the statistics, and and that kind of makes me understand why Modric was given this uh, this award over Ronaldo. So Ronaldo and Modric led Real Madrid to the uh, Champions League final and won it. Um, they had a, a very good individual season between the two of them. And then it goes to the FIFA World Cup, and Modric brings a small nation to the finals of the World Cup, which is insane. So I think that there are two reasons that Modric won over Ronaldo. One being that the substance of of Modric's play is not necessarily backed up by the statistics, like how many assists does he have, how many goals does he have, but it's uh, backed up by the fact that Modric is a passer, he's a creative playmaker, and this is kind of like that old Balloon d'Or winner, not the out-and-out striker competition, but you look at Zidane, you look at Xavi Alonso, you look at Ryan Giggs in the considerations, the ones who don't have all the goals in the world, but the ones who make that team work, and I think that's what Modric did this year. He doesn't have the statistics to back it up, but he has that substance to back it up. And then finally, I think, man, it's it's since 2008, we have not had another winner other than Messi and Ronaldo. At this point, it feels like Messi and Ronaldo have to do something extraordinarily special to win that uh, award, because we've come to expect just greatness, just amazing things from both of them. So even though Ronaldo had fucking amazing statistics, won three trophies the last year, that's expected. Modric, it's not as expected to him for him to have such a huge impact. So, yeah, and I'm okay with Modric winning the award. It's the one thing I can wrap my head around. But I still think Ronaldo is the better player. But I think the travesty of it all is that Messi wasn't on the ballot. Like, Salah, he had a great individual season. Don't get me wrong. But Messi is a much better player than him. And Messi had, in my opinion, for the 10th year, 14th year in a row, and an amazing individual season. So why the fuck is Messi not on the ballot? I don't know. Are we getting, like, uh, Messi, um, what's it called, uh, oversaturated? Or what's the word I'm looking for? Like, are we just have... That's, yeah. It's like Tom... Yeah, it's it's like we just expect them. Yeah, because Messi, I mean, he won, like, La Liga, Copa del Rey. I mean, he had... And you look at his goals and assists throughout all competitions. It was out of this fucking world. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I remember seeing it, like, a month or two ago. Like, oh, my God. Like, really? Like, <laughs> like yeah. and he was he didn't even come in third? Like, it was, it, right. it was kind of, like, absurd. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I think Modric deserved it. I think taking his team, I think the World Cup, maybe it's almost like recency bias because we were like, you know, World Cup just happened and he won the golden ball, you know. Um, all right. And plus in a World Cup year, you know, if you do super well in a World Cup, that basically solidifies uh, your standing. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, this this entire award show just seemed completely fucked from start to finish. All right, yeah, starting yeah, with let's let's the, let's get the whole thing. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into the shit that's fucked up. Um, Salah's goal. We'll just open up with it. And like, let me open up by saying like, Mo Salah was absolutely electric last year. Had a ama- like, honestly, I couldn't take my eye off the guy. And yeah, like. I want him to win an award so bad, but this is not the award he should have won. And, like, I posted it today on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, which shout out to me and us, uh, at Lads Podcast, at Lad American Discussing Soccer, all the goals since 2009. And then you would think that it's a fucking joke. 
if you look at his goal, which is a goal that like I've that that Messi scores weekly. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's like oh yeah. It was just like a nice finesse, and, uh, a nice finesse goal that you do on FIFA. <laughs> It, exactly. It's it's not something out of out of control. It's not something that's just like jaw dropping. It's phenomenal. I mean, even Mo Salah had better goals. His goal against Watford, where he took the ball up the entire fucking pitch and scored. His goal against Tottenham, where he dribbled through six players in the box and scored, are two goals that are better than the goal that actually won. And I'm actually, for one, I can think of three goals off the top of my head. That should have won over Mo Salah. Cristiano Ronaldo's bicycle kick against Juventus. Uh, Gareth Bale's bicycle kick in the Champions League final. Benjamin Pavard's uh, insane volley against Argentina. And those are just three. And then if you go into like the little-known leagues, like the um, Australia leagues, the Chinese-Japanese leagues, you'll always find a goal that's just fucking insane there. So it blows my mind that this goal won. Like... I'm, I'm not even going to lie. It looked like Salah was even ashamed to win uh, the award for uh, the best goal. Like, he wasn't even really smiling. And James Milner <laughs> tweeted out, he was like, congratulations on winning the best goal, um, even though you had seven more that were even better than that one. So it feels yeah. like everyone <laughs> realized this was just a complete joke. So I think I can narrow the blame down to one thing for the reason this goal is uh, the winner. It's because fans are voting and at the end of the day every single fan is going to be biased in some degree if you like if you like Mohamed Salah if you're a Liverpool fan if you're an Egyptian you're going to vote for Salah no matter what the these awards should not be determined by random people these awards should be determined by players pundits and uh journalists who actually are aware not the casual Egyptian fan who's going to vote for Salah no matter what and this Going back to what we said at the beginning of the show, this just shows that fuck these awards. This is now a joke. You have somehow made good job, FIFA. You have somehow made the Puskas, the Balloon de War, a fucking joke. And you've done it in one year. And I'm just so shocked. And actually, I'm not. Oh, well, yeah, I was about I'm to say, are you? You're, you're fucking shocked. You that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not shocked at all. Like this is typical fucking FIFA being retarded. And oh, you dropped a hard look, R. He dropped a hard R there, so <laughs> you know it's bad. I, I apologize. I apologize to FIFA. I did not mean that. I did, but like <laughs> seriously, dude. No, no, no. I, Salah's I, goal. This, this is just this is bullshit. This isn't even a great goal. It didn't even win the uh, goal of the week, the goal of the month in the Premier League. Jermaine Defoe. I actually just watched the goal that won, and Jermaine Defoe's volley from like. 10 yards outside of the um, 18 on the sideline should have beat this goal in the Puskas if we're going to compare the two goals. So I have no idea how this goal won. Yeah, I haven't been so upset about someone unjustly getting an award. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, most a lot, like, I, I could have could have find, like, a fucking handful of other better goals in this. I don't know why this was chosen. And again, I'm totally agreeing with you. Fan voting ruins everything. Like, it ruins elections. Like, it ruins everything. Um, oh, yeah. But... This is my big thing is uh, I like I haven't seen something this bad since like uh what's his name Bruno Mars won over Kendrick Lamar for album of the year Ooh, for of the album of the yes. year with the Grammys where I'm like damn didn't win in this bullshit Bruno Mars thing won what the fuck like it it, it it's just like this makes no sense you know like it just right. and I still get heated about that and I'm going to be heated about this cuz now when I watch when I 
10 years from now, I'm going to be going through watching a YouTube highlight of all the Puskas. This is going to be in the middle of it. I'm going to be like, ah, what? This is, doesn't even compare. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? That's true, but I will be able to say that when uh, when Salah's goal did win the Puskas, that dad, when I show my kid, that dad uh, called FIFA retarded. And not much has changed <laughs> 20 years down the road. He's calling, <laughs> he's just an asshole. So it's, it's, it really kind of, like we said at the beginning, it kind of ruins the specialness of this award. And I genuinely don't understand why fans should be voting on this. I love fan interaction. Do whatever to grow the game of soccer. But when it's something as special and historic as the Puskas or the Blue and the War or the FIFA Awards, don't bring in the fans. Don't bring in Joe Schmo. Like, leave it up to the fucking professionals who know what they're talking about and can appreciate a goal for what it is. Because this is not a goal that should win any type of Puskas except for the uh, Sunday League Puskas. This is bullshit. Yeah, no, it's complete horseshit. Um, let, let me just sum up the rest of the horseshit and I'll get your reaction. Um, De Gea being named the starting goalkeeper in the FIFA 11, but Courtois winning goalkeeper of the year. Um, I'll, I'll get your reaction about that. Um, Mo Salah coming in third for FIFA Player of the Year, but not being in the starting 11, which, okay. Um, what's happening, Martin? Like, what, what, what fucking Twilight Zone universe am I living in? Like, does that make any sense at all? Dude, it really doesn't. And there's, like, no log- logical way of explaining it. Like, how do you explain, yeah, he was voted for, like, Courtois' case. He was voted the best goalkeeper in the year, but in a team he can't even make it. Like, what? How do you defend that FIFA? Have some type of like common grounds or common rule that says I don't know. Maybe the third best person that was considered in the world should be on the um, starting uh, fucking uh, team. Maybe the player who wins the best goalkeeper in the world should be on the starting team. Like, how does that make any type of sense? I genuinely don't fucking understand it. No, like, and I think Courtois is one percent of the world. Like, so like point zero 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 one. He is top five goalkeeper in the world. I don't think I've ever thought as him as the best goalkeeper in the world. And I'm not saying like I don't have any Chelsea bias. Like I've always said, he's like top three in the Premier League, top like, but number one in the world. Like, 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 am I crazy? Like, what the fuck? Like. Martin, help me. Yeah, going yeah, <laughs> going on that. I mean, I wasn't even looking at that. I was looking at the consistency of their awards. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's kind of given that the debate of the best goalkeeper in the world is between Neuer and De Gea, and for Courtois to win it is just bullshit. I would also put Hugo Lloris better than Courtois. I mean, for God's sakes, Courtois made it to the semis. Hugo Lloris just won the World Cup. And had a pr- pretty damn important role in that uh, World Cup run. So, literally, I have no idea what the fuck is going on with these awards. But, again, I'm going to blame it on the people. I've been thinking a lot about this. I genuinely have been having, like, daydreams of fighting teenagers. So, I'm going to blame it on teenagers voting for just random people. The people who are, like, super into FIFA and always play with Chelsea or Belgium. They know Courtois. They saw him a bit in a... Uh, the World Cup this summer, and now he's the uh, 
best goalkeeper in the world. Get the fuck out of here, teenagers. Just get putting it all down just, to teenagers. Just get the fuck out of my face. Like I don't, I don't. <laughs> uh, like I, it might be a popularity contest where you know drinking and driving, you know, might not get you all the votes. So shout out to Fleury. So all right, that's that's enough talking about these bullshit awards. Also, like uh, one more gripe: Danny Alves is still. <laughs> Danny Alves. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Danny Alves is still in the top eleven. The guy played like ten games this year. He, he was hurt. Right. He didn't even play the fucking... Against farmers. He didn't even, like, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy didn't even play... What's happening? Like, why... And, and like, Hazard beats out Salah? I don't... Right? Like, I don't... Like, I don't know. I don't get it, dude. It's genuinely, like, a alternative reality. Everything that could go wrong in this award show just went terribly wrong. Murphy's and, Law. Like, Murphy's Law. And I swear to God... Like, FIFA is just happy. They're just like, oh, we did a great job. We gave everybody an award. Fuck nope. you and fuck your participation No, you didn't, award. FIFA. No, you be fucking didn't. <laughs> um, uh, Idiots. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Problem in Paradise, Manchester United. Um, yeah, Martin, what, what, what's going on here, man, as our Manchester United, uh, f- uh, what's it called, representative of the podcast? Uh, what's, what's going on in old, uh, old Manchester? Well, nothing great is going on, that's for damn sure. I'm uh, keying the term Manchester divided instead of Manchester United, so that's a trademark right there. All right, all right, coin um, that. Let's make that a shirt. All right, let's get the, let's get that on the presses. Manchester divided. Okay, and this had, like, Jose Mourinho uh, on one side and Pogba on the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Print these shirts. Um, Print these shirts. Uh, I would actually wear that shit every single day. Um... So, basically, to sum it all up, if you live on a, under a rock or don't care about Manchester or haven't heard the news yet, um, this past weekend, Manchester United drew against the uh, Wandering Wolves of Wolverhampton, and Pogba had a lot to say after the game. He said that Manchester should be the team who's attacking Manchester, should uh, um, be the team that's dominating the games, and uh, that's up to the coach. And some Mourinho came out, and... Uh, said that Paul Pogba will never captain Manchester United again. Um, And that was just the start of the shit uh, day that is today. Um, So to jump on these comments real quick from Jose Mourinho, uh, Mourinho said that Pogba will never captain Manchester United again. And I'm caught in two minds here. Because one, that is a power move by the manager, reminding that nobody is bigger than the team. Nobody is bigger than uh, Manchester United. Um, And... To Pogba for as great as he has shown this uh, this season so far, he is not running the pitch. He is not that loud mouth in the center of the field um, telling the guys what to do, commanding the game. And I have never seen him that way. Granted, off the pitch. Off the pitch, he's a, a, uh, a leader. He has a, a whole bunch of the Manchester United teammates come in. They all like follow him everywhere. So he is an obvious leader of men. But on the pitch, he shrinks away. So I don't think that Pogba should be captaining Manchester United at this time. But this is just another fucking nail in the coffin, dude. Like, Pogba versus Mourinho, yet again, WWE style. And this is just making the team chemistry and their relationship even more and more stressed. So, dude, I don't know the answer to this. I I want you to uh, give me a prediction here. Who is going to leave Manchester United first, Pogba or Mourinho? Because at the end of this year, I don't see both of them staying here. Ah, this is is a toughie. 
Um, I'm gonna go with probably Pogba, man. I think he's the more desirable target right now. Does that make sense? Where he could like flourish at another club? Does that you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, but at the same time, United doesn't have to give two fucks about where Mourinho ends up. They don't need to find him another team, another team that will take him. They can just dump his ass. So it's not like they have to find <coughs> Mourinho a club. They can dump him whenever. Uh, but Pogba is more like integral to the team. Yeah, I mean we're gonna <coughs> we're gonna get more into the whole Manchester United draw against the uh, Wandering Wolves soon, but like. I was saying, because we were supposed to record our uh, prediction podcast, and then during that prediction podcast, I said, if Tottenham loses this weekend, cancel the season. Uh, Marion, I think we're approaching canc- the canceling Manchester United season very soon. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to depress you more than, like, usual, but, like, it's getting to the point where I'm, like, uh, we might be, like, facing just straight dumpster fire. You know what I'm saying? I do, and I agree, and um, but we'll definitely talk more about this um, as we go on in the podcast, but at this point in time, something huge needs to give. This Pogba Mourinho uh, quarrel cannot keep fucking hitting the news because it's detrimental to the entire team. So someone has to fucking put a stop to it. I hope that, and this is, this is large, I have not said this since the second Mourinho has come to Manchester United, but these past three days... Um, just 20, 30 minutes ago, Manchester United lost to Derby. At this point in time, Mourinho out. Oh, I'm done. Oh, I mean, I'm done. I was on the I was on the Wenger out last year. So look how the how the turns have tabled. Um, how the tables have turned. Yeah, the horses have Jeez. these horses have no stables. Um, these uh, uh I got these dogs have no masters. These dogs have no masters. Thank you, Martin. Um, I mean. Whew. Yeah, is this the hill you're gonna die on, Martin? Mourinho out? Is that um? Yeah, no? that is the hill that I'm gonna die on, and I will double down on that and say Mourinho leaves before Pogba, and that's just my betting instincts kicking in. All right, well, I, I gotta see what the over under is. I think there is there are some good there are some <laughs> good odds on Mourinho leaving, so I might have to start with you know Zidane available. I mean, you see that young you see that young bull. I mean, oof. Get that young bull, please, dear they, God. They, I will, I will build a shrine. <laughs> I will build a shrine and pray to Zidane Zidane every single morning, night. I, uh, it, oh, it's, I've, uh, oh. I thought about this today. Who's more uh, in more disarray, Pogba, Mourinho, and Manchester United, or Mike Tomlin, Le'Veon Bell, and the Steelers? Shit. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. That's a that's a toughie. Well, <laughs> Steelers Steelers won. They beat the Bucks. They beat Fitzmagic yesterday. So I'm gonna say, Pog back and Jose Mourinho are uh, their little quarrel is worse because at least Steelers beat a shit team. United whoa, 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 whoa! Don't talk about Fitzmagic like that. All right, let's. Uh, I see you. <laughs> all right, we have one more note. Uh, JP Della Camera wins Colin Jost Media Award. What's that? Uh, it's the announcer for uh, the Philadelphia Union, and it's just uh, like it's the Puskas for announcing a game. Oh, he's the play-by-play announcer, and he won the Puskas Award, which Yo. is a horrible uh, metaphor. But yeah, we got Philly in the house, winning awards and shit, and they're in playoff contention. And if you haven't checked it out, listen to our last episode. Kevin interviewed 
um, the head of uh, Philly Union uh, fan group podcast, soccer podcast, and it was <laughs> the Philly doozy. soccer show. Awesome. All right, Martin, before you hurt yourself, the Philly soccer show. Yeah, if Greg, I can't read, dude. I know, I I know. Uh, it's a uh, Greg <laughs> Orlandini. We did a great interview. I was kind of like Martin. Like I know you had like uh, bike problems or mechanical problems. You couldn't be a part of it, dude. I was literally like fuck this guy is way smarter about mls and like just soccer in general like i'm just here to crack jokes and give some type of like banter about the game um this guy like i was just like letting him go i was like oh shit this guy's got some <laughs> i was like this guy's got some sick content and i don't know anything about the mls so i was just trying to like while he was talking I'm like all right all right let me think of a joke all right here we go all right so please listen to it greg and i talked to, i've been talking to him all day he had so much fun so i think he's going to be our mls guy because he was so willing to come on the podcast so uh we're trying to do you know we shit we talk trash on the mls because it kind of is trash but you know i wouldn't say that max rodriguez says that on twitter but what i'm trying to say is you're trying to get your mls fixed we're going to start having like the experts on here because you know we're trying to you know that's what we do we're professionals right martin expand 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 and now we're taking over mos never thought i'd be saying that uh since what's before up? my life what's up guys yeah we're coming we're stepping in <laughs> well it is our neighborhood because it's america but all right um Let's move on. This is now our EPL week six, Martin. Dude, yes. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, recap. Um, wow. Wait, no. Is this week five or week? Yeah, week six. Okay. This is week six. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't do math. Um, so let's open this shit up with Fulham. Uh, open up the pit. All right. Fulham and Watford. Uh, we got a nice draw here. Um, I think I think I picked Watford to win this one, but uh, Fulham full of surprises. So you have Andre Gray with the first goal, Mitrovic, who I've added into my fantasy team, which I'm so glad I did. Which you can still join our lads fantasy group. Just message us on our social medias. I'll send you the login code uh, with the 78th minute to uh, for the what's it called the Hornet Mooses to get, grab some points. Um, Martin, what are your reaction to this game? Um, I think the big news is the fact that Mitrovic is on fire. He's literally fucking tearing up the pitch. Um, he has more goals than Harry Kane. He has more goals than Mo Salah. Um, I believe he has more goals than Lukaku. So this dude is, is tearing it up for Fulham. He had a, uh, a decent run of form when he played for Newcastle. I remember you hated him for, <laughs> for no reason. It was like one of my favorite things. Like whenever you would see him, you would just yell, fuck him for no reason. And I, I dig that. But this dude has turned the fucking page in his chapter and he's crushing it for Mitrovic. Um, and because of that, he's got uh, sorry looking at him. Uh, Ooh. Apparently, mm. yeah, Maurizio Sarri thinks that he is the perfect new Diego Costa. And I kind of agree with that because he's a big-ass dude. He will bully the shit out of you. And the thing that surprises me the most is I feel like I've been watching him play for like five, six years now. He's only 24. He's what? the youngest sin. No. Yeah. No. So he's already got that elephant man. He's got that elephant man. Uh look so he already looks like he's 30 something so if he goes to uh sorry's chelsea expect some big things from mitrovic um i i'm impressed by watford but this is the uh first time they've kind of stumbled again and again they uh lost to united last week and now 
they uh, drew Fulham. So Watford's the Wolf Mooses kind of stumbling, man. So I don't know how Watford's going to bounce back from this. Yeah, the Moose Hornets, uh, uh, it, they're they're doing what we kind of figured. We start like uh, leaning back. So right, right. Uh, um, you know, I feel like Mitrovic is more alpha, obviously more than Murata. I think Murata is definitely not the player that sorry really wants so i feel like mitrovic would be a perfect fit for chelsea um also shout out to clint dempsey the highest looking man who's not high or maybe he is but like <laughs> um coming back to fulham so shout out to him coming back to uh, the cottage um yeah that was cool as hell man like that almost made me tear up because i i just remember seeing dempsey tear shit up for Fulham like on a weekly basis so to see the entire fandom clapping and cheering him on i was just like shit yeah that's an american right there we made that that's us so it was a perfect way for dempsey to retire um and visit his old uh, stomping grounds where he tore shit up. Dude, just major stars and stripe boner. I was like, yeah, like, we came <laughs> and, you know, not only defended the English off our grounds, we came to England and made it our bitch. Um, all right, yes. moving on to uh, some depressing talk, Martin. Uh, I'll let you handle this. Manchester United 1 1 against the Wandering Wolves of Wolverhampton. Um, <laughs> I love that you typed that in the notes like that. Um, <laughs> opening goal by Fred, and then obviously the equalizing goal by Moutinho. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let you start this one off. Uh, your thoughts, Martin? All right, first off, I want to um, talk about one of the few bright spots of the game, which came for uh, Fred, Fred the Red. Um in the 18th minute, uh, the ball was popped up into the air, and Pogba had this audacious control slash pass. Like he just let the ball fall to him, like he was gonna trap it, and in one motion, he just like dinked it to Fred, who turned around and struck it home for his first goal for Manchester United at Old Trafford. So that was awesome to see. And then things got shitty. You remember how last week uh, we always talk about how there seems to be a point in a match, in a Manchester United match, where they kind of give up, they sit back, and the other team starts to uh, take advantage of that, starts to be more attacking, start to press Manchester United's back line. And that's exactly what United did against the Wandering Wolves of Wolverhampton this past weekend, man. Like, from the second half on, it was the Wolves show. And it's it's just fucking pathetic to see this shit, man. It's it's like watching the uh, the Patriots if Tom Brady had his right hand uh, tied behind his back and Bill Belichick was crying on the sidelines. Like they're supposed to be great, yet they're handcuffing themselves and their coaches and taking any fucking type of fucking credit for how shitty they're played. So. This this game is just like a fucking epitome of all the problems for Manchester United, man. But huge fucking credit to the Wolves because they looked like, and they deserved to win this game. They were the better team, especially in the second half. And they were just able to stretch that United defense. They were able to like trick that uh, entire midfield line to pressing, and then uh, the Wolves would play it into the space behind them. And it worked a devastating effect. Uh, Zhao Moutinho's goal was just a fucking shot and a half. De Gea had no chance. So this game, like, this game just fucking sucked, Kev. Like, this was the start of my real shit Manchester United week, and it, I feel like it's just going to get shitty and shitty. And so I think that I, once again, I'm shifting my blame from 50-50 on the team and the coach 
to, I'm putting this shit, this comes down to Mourinho. I do not think Mourinho is the man for Manchester United at this point. He has not shown any type of true and consistent improvement um, across these three years that he has managed Manchester United. He can't even fucking pick a squad and stick with it. I talked about this on the last podcast. The team that he put out against uh, young boys of uh, whatever. I can't remember the, the Swiss town that they're part of. Who gives a but shit? in the yeah. Champions League. Yeah, of Bern. The young boys of Bern. He put out this squad that didn't feature um, like the big names like Alexi and, uh, and uh, Matic and just opted for a stronger uh, collective team with uh, Lingard, Rashford, and Martial playing. And I said, keep that fucking team. Keep that team together. And what does he do? He rotates it up. He puts in new players. Um, he puts in Alexi Sanchez, who I have said this since he was fucking transferred in, is not the right player for Manchester United. And he looked horrendous. So this was just a shit game, dude. This was horrible. Can we can we just say that Alexi Sanchez is a bust? Can we, can we say that now? I... Fucking yes. Okay. I knew it. Okay. Dude. Are you, I, no, you've I been, am, you've been, <laughs> you're opening a whole can of worms. I know, I know, here, I know, I know. This no. is a this, bad day to podcast. I know, I know. You're just like, after the loss <laughs> to Darby, and now, like, uh, well, shout out to Frank Lampard, because that's kind of sick, beating his mentor. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, dude, like, Alexis Sanchez, I think it's now 24, 23 games and only three goals, and he's making 400K a week. Like, get the fuck. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's absurd, right? Like, yeah. um, and he hasn't shown anything like he did at Arsenal. Like, is is was Arsene Wenger a great manager? The only one who could get Alexi to play that way. Anyway, um, I, I it's looking I, like that though. I'm, for real, I'm, because Mourinho can't do fuck all with him. It's just crazy because when I interviewed Mike Fermento of Man United Philly, like I was asking him, and he had doubts weeks ago. You know what I mean? Or like, I guess was that last week? Mm-hmm. You know? And like, I was like, really? Like, you know, like. This, like it's sounding more and more like you guys are getting like that Arsenal like just like yeah you know it's just not going to work out this season like this early you know what I mean yeah and that's like it's Man United you know like you should not be where I am in this like whirlwind of depression from game one <laughs> um, like this just like see like this sinkhole like you guys are in this like and we're only in week six where I'm almost saying like cancel the season you know so dude we are we are in that sunken place right now. I uh, depressed myself last night because I looked at uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's um, finishes in his entire career at Manchester United. And with the exception of, I think it was 1989 and 1994, the vast majority, and I, I feel confident saying 95% of the time, he finished in the top three. And, and like... There was a fight in Manchester United. There was something that Sir Alex Ferguson had, whether it was that self-confidence or he just knew how to coach individuals of this caliber, of this team, that Mourinho does not fucking appear to have. Like, Mourinho just seems to enjoy criticizing players and then making excuses for losses. So this really showed everything that is wrong with Manchester United. And Alexis Sanchez, like, look, at this point... Why is he starting over Martial? Martial is <laughs> Ooh, the yikes. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why why is he starting over Martial? That comes down to one fucking person, Mourinho. So there there are so many problems um in the coaching system that is in place right now. 
it's just making these problems more and more obvious. And Alexis Sanchez is just one fucking problem. It's it's horrible, Kev. It's really horrible. I don't know how you're a you were an Arsenal fan for so many years under Wenger. Like this depression is crippling. Oh, it gets so much worse. Um, but <laughs> big, big. I'm gonna cry. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, but the big takeaway, uh, definitely Wolves. I see your notes. I feel, yeah, definitely best promoted team so far. And, like, it's weird to think that all three teams last year all stayed up. You know what I mean? That's, like, such an anomaly. Um, And I don't know, man. You guys need, like, a real kick in the ass. Maybe this will be the start of, like, you know, a run where you guys, like, got to wake up. But, like, after this loss to Darby, this whole, like, controversy in the locker room, it seems like. It feels like I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team which goes deeper because Pittsburgh Steelers are renowned as, like, a a blue-collar, blue-blood, like, you know, uh, franchise, you know what I mean, who do nothing but just win and win Super Bowls, win titles, so... I don't know. Let's uh, all right. Let's that's that's enough, man. You talk. Please, let's move on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's please stop making me depressed. All right. Let's move on. We'll, we'll run through these next couple games because who cares? Uh, Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. Nil uh, nil draw. Uh, I mean, I don't really. Ha- I didn't watch this game. Is there anything? Cra- I, I mean, I read mm. the reports about. It. I saw the highlights. There's nothing really to talk about, right? No, I think the most exciting portion of that game was when some fan threw a water bottle and it hit one of the Crystal Palace players in the face. Like, that's horrible, but that was, like, the most exciting part of the game. Zaha was individual or invisible, and Crystal Palace looked back to 2017-2018 uh, Crystal Palace. Uh, so, moving on to yep. the champions. And that was talking Crystal Palace Newcastle. All right. <laughs> moving on to the champions, Huddersfield... One, Leicester City, three. Um, maybe uh, next week, Huddersfield is going to go on a 32-game winning streak and win the league. But no, we know. This we know. time, Le- Leicester fucking, they, uh, they messed him up real bad. The damn Terriers are like at the veterinarian right now because Leicester City, Wol- or Leicester City Foxes beat that ass. Well, I mean, it started out promising with Jurgensen with the goal. So I was like, I was like, this is it. This is where Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'm like, it was like, uh, it, this is where champions are made. It was like, it was like when Conor McGregor <laughs> fought Floyd Mayweather in the first couple rounds. I'm like, all right. And then just Floyd just teed off on him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And which I'm also pissed because I have Ineacho on my fantasy team and I sat him and he ended up with like 12 points and I was like, fuck. Um, yep, it was, and again, a Madison, a recurring name in this podcast. So I'm just saying, if you haven't picked Madison up on your fantasy team, do it, because the guy's got at least like three or four goals now, right? Yeah, and I actually, I can't remember where I even watched this, but it was some YouTube video or some video on Reddit or something um, that had James Madison talking about breaking into the Leicester team and what it means to... Uh, to uh, be a part of this team and he said that he spends like upwards of three hours every day practicing free kicks and this dude this dude is like the Kieran Trippier of free kicks right now like he's someone who is just making some people cry because his free kicks are so beautiful and he did it again and then Jamie Vardy with a fucking cherry on tight with a delectable little chip little chocolate chip over the goalkeeper like I just love seeing Vardy score and Vardy make just beautiful runs because that man is my spirit animal, I think. 
grit personified. Just coke. Except I'm not gritty. <laughs> just just cocaine personified. Um, I mean, yeah, I, that. I just love Jamie Vardy because cocaine and uh, and drinking personified. And, That's and him. Red Bull. Uh, I mean, the guy is just such a cocky fuck, and I love it. He's like the Conor McGregor of the EPL. He's just like, just like you f- chat shit, get banged. Like, what's up? Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he looks at everyone on Tottenham, Liverpool, uh, and Arsenal right now and say, like, you know, I have a Premier League title. What are you guys doing? Like, he, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and he can say that. Like, that's that's crazy. Um, I don't really have much more. Just Huddersfield, the Terriers. It, it's not looking good. But, you know, I, I have faith in our Premier League winning uh, Huddersfield Terriers. Absolutely, absolutely. You want to move on to the bloodbath that was uh, Manchester City versus Cardiff? Uh, just the English just teeing off on the Welsh once again. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it was the Gundogan, the Mares show. It was uh, just. I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get to post the podcast, but both me and Martin said like this is just going to be complete and utter just shit pumping, and it was. Yeah, I think the odds for Cardiff to win was like plus 2,000 or some shit. Mm-hmm. And City coming off of a bad week just absolutely took out all their anger and frustration on the poor Welshmans. And I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Malrez coming off the, bet, off the bench is just such a fucking nice thing to have in your back pocket. Like, I am so goddamn jealous of the depth that is on... Manchester City. Not only can they bring Mares off the bench, they can bring both Silvas and Baby J, Gabriel Jesus, off the bench if they're ever in a bind, and they rarely are. So it's just like, yo, you need to chill with the acquisitions. You need to chill with having great players on your starting eleven and the bench, and you need to you need to stop hurting the Welsh because that's just cruel to put five past them. It's uh, Jesus City. Find a new person to bully. That's enough. Yeah, I mean. Jesus Christ! Like if this was a football score, this would be like forty-five to nothing. Like this is, yeah, this is just me. This is like Bama playing. <laughs> yeah, this is like Bama playing. Like, uh, uh, let me think of genuinely Eastern Alabama the worst team. Uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> or Western Alabama or Alabama High School because this was just a drubbing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jesus H. Like I just. It's you know it's good to see because Man City had that fall in the Champions League in the early in the week and they were like you know oh yeah oh or Man City getting like you know do they have a hangover are they just like getting too uh, comfortable with themselves and they're like no 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 this is why we <laughs> broke like every record last year let's remind everyone and this is what they can do when they're playing at their best especially when you're seeing goals from people who are not normal goal scorers like Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, and Gundogan was phenomenal. Mares, like that's the power they have. And it's like Liverpool too, which we're getting to next. Like they both teams such amazing depth. Yeah, it's it's really not fair and uh uh, Manchester City actually play Brighton this coming weekend, which is a match I'm super excited for. I'll talk more about Brighton when we get to that Brighton-Tottenham game. But Brighton uh, are like a team that seems pretty damn fearless going up against the top six. So I'm excited to see City play in the Champions League this coming week and then uh, Brighton this weekend. So I think City had that little disappointing week. Everybody freaked the fuck out, including myself, saying, oh, they have a hangover. Oh, they're off their game. Oh, something's wrong with the team. And this game was just to remind everybody to shut the fuck up. 
Manchester City is going to dominate yet again, and they have not missed a step at all. And I genuinely think City's just going to go on another run now. Now that they've gotten the bad out of their system, they're just going to abuse teams at this point. Yeah, it's like my my analogy I thought about was like when they lost to the Champions League. It's like they just got done a bad breakup, so they're just going to go out and just hate fuck or just fuck the shit out of like <laughs> yeah, right. of like the next person that comes like their way. So shout out to City for hate fucking Cardiff. All right, moving on to Liverpool to Southampton. Uh, the game was over by the first half, so that was fun. Um, yeah, Liverpool A versus Liverpool B. Um, it's good to see Salah on the score sheet. Um, best start ever. Shout out to Liverpool for best start ever. So it's it's. I called it. I told them they're going to win the league. So here we go. Yeah, and uh, like you said, this is their best start ever. They need to win two more matches to tie the uh, record best start ever, which is held by Chelsea. But I mean, this genuinely just this is just another game that shows how fucking dangerously good Liverpool is. And the cherry on the cake is that Salah got this goal. Salah needed a wait, goal. Wait, wait, he wait, 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 wait. You poop the fuck puts what? a cherry on a cake. A cherry on a pie. Cherry. A cherry on a cake. <laughs> That's the cherry on. I. Are you kidding me? I will put cherries on every single cake that I know. I will find cake, cakes and put macaroni and cherries on there. What fucking state? Cherries are fucking delicious. They are. I love but cherries. But who the fuck puts them on a cake? This doesn't make it. Hold on. I'm Googling cherry on a cake. That's not a real fucking thing. <laughs> what the fuck? Apparently I, apparently, I was supposed to say it's the icing on the cake, but I'm looking at cake pictures right now. And there's plenty of cake oh, with a cherry get on the top. Fuck of it. And they look great. All right, just they look great. I, I don't even remember your point. Just go on. Just <laughs> Salah, Salah actually scoring a goal. Um, I think it was super important for Salah and the team because if Salah can be firing on at least eighty percent of the cylinders that he was firing on last year, this team is going to be very close to unstoppable. And for them to just trash Liverpool, best start ever. It's looking like this could be Liverpool's year. Um, and I think the most important thing, and this is this is big of me to admit it, so good job, Martin. Yeah, congrats. But um, <laughs> with their defense finally fixed and the uh, goalkeeping problem finally fixed, I genuinely think Liverpool, just like last year in the Champions League, can beat Manchester City on any given day. Yeah. I would totally agree with you. I think Liverpool, I mean, they beat the shit out of them last year, so I have no doubt that they wouldn't, like, uh, clock fucking Man City. But, I mean, I, you know, it's just it's tough to tell. It's only till they play, you know what I mean? But I could see, like, I, I really think it's going to be closer this year because I think there's more tape on both sides. Like, I don't mean to get into NFL terms, but I feel like both teams understand each other better, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So, I also think it's important to uh, realize that Tottenham and PSG fell to Liverpool by a dominating performance by Liverpool. So I think I think um, both tomorrow and this weekend when we see Liverpool play against Chelsea, I think that's going to be super fucking useful for all the teams, all the rest of the top six teams to comb over, look at how they play. There's a lot of tape, like you said, but there comes... A, to a point where you're so good it doesn't matter how much tape your opponent has on you you're still going to win and 
Um, Manchester City plays Liverpool in two weeks from now, uh, so I think that's when we're going to mm. see everything come together. And thank God it's not at 7.30 in the morning because for whatever fucking reason, they like to put mm. great games at 7.30. Stop. I'm already like, stuff's happening in my pants. Salv- salivating. Yeah. Salivating. It's lots of things happening in my pants. Um, Jesus, mm. this is going to be such a good such a good match. All right. Enough about Liverpool being great. Let's talk about Burnley. I think I may have picked Bournemouth to win this game, but Burnley 4-0. Like, holy shit. Like, way to go. Barnes with the with a brace. Lennon. Like, John Lennon scored. Like, I thought he was dead. Um, it's – we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. I'm trying to – you know, we're already at, like, the 50th minute mark of the pod. But like, I know, right? <laughs> I know. We just, you know, we just love to talk to footy. But briefly, your thoughts. Like, is Burnley getting that bounce back? Is Sean Dyche, like, riding the ship? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Burnley, it's pretty obvious, have had a pretty shit run of form that opening five weeks of the Prem. And I think it's going to just get more and more stable as uh, life goes on because I think that's what Burnley's known for, just stable and consistent performances. And I think they're going to rally from this and get back to their old, uh, their old fucking habits. But one person I want to talk about is Joe fucking Hart. Yo. Like, the man's having a season right now. Yeah, I checked the fantasy. I just picked him up because I've had Lloris, and I've had, so I haven't had a goalkeeper in my fantasy <laughs> the past couple Smart, smart. And I also had Verm, which double fucked me because he's been hurt. So I've, <laughs> so I've had no goalkeeper in my fantasy. So I actually, Joe Hart was available, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, uh, like in the draft league that we're in, where it's like everyone drafts players, I was like, oh, shit, Joe Hart's available? Yeah, sign me up. Um... Yeah, Joe Hart, like, man, like, it's great. Like, I think football's better when Joe Hart's doing well. It's it's all fun and games to make fun of the guy when he, you know, lets in a 40-yarder from, like, Gareth Bale and the Euros, and it's like, ah, oh, <laughs> Joe Hart being Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe being Joe. But, like, it's it's nice seeing Joe, like, you know, the guy was on the cover of, like, FIFA 15. People forget, like, with Messi and i forget or is it 14 i forget like he was on the cover at some point like the guy used to be fucking world class so it 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 warms my heart i like seeing joe do well absolutely especially after the way he's been treated by pep and city like i'm just like all right joe at least you're trying it and now you're succeeding so fuck yeah worms fuck yeah sean deitch uh i actually think i said burnley was gonna win this game so that's a huge plus but I don't know. We're both, uh, we're both like around 60%. So check out our prediction podcast on Thursday. Well, I'll post it Thursday night. So Friday morning to place your bets because I usually do it the night before anyway, too. Uh, because we're both like, Martin, I'm really impressed. We're both at around like 60, like over 50%. So we're both making money. I think that that's the uh, final, the final uh, check in the positive direction for me. Like, if we were to bet on every single game that we're talking about predicting, then we would be making money. So we could technically have a career as betters. All right, you want to? All right. Um, I, yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to Brighton and Tottenham. This is the game that I said if Tottenham does not fucking win, then you can just cancel the season. Fortunately, Kane slotted in a perfect penalty. Uh, Lamella with the second got a little dicey at the end with the 90th minute goal by can never pronounce this guy's name right what is it Martin Knockhart okay alright that was easy um, <laughs> so uh, real quick uh, your 30 seconds do you think Tottenham uh, builds off this and does well do you think 
you know, it's uh, is this still the Tottenham that we're thinking of? Do you think Tottenham can like learn from this and like keep pushing forward in the season? Um, I don't think Tottenham is going to turn around and go back to their old Tottenham ways overnight. Um, because again, I don't think Tottenham was at their peak play, the play that we've gotten used to watching week in and week out against Brighton this past weekend. There's still something off. There's still something wrong um, with Tottenham. I do think this kind of stabilizes the ship a bit. But at the end of the day, as shitty as it sounds, and I think the same goes for United and to some extent Arsenal, these seasons are already done if you're if the goal of the season is to challenge for that title. They're six games into the Prem and eight games behind or eight points behind Liverpool. So yeah, they'll get better, but at the end of the day they've already they've already fucked up enough to basically cost them the league. And I still don't think Tottenham is in an okay shape right now. I really don't. So I think I think they'll be okay. Yeah. I'll give them a C plus. Yeah, um, I mean, also, Lamella's goal was fucking phenomenal. I forgot, I, yeah. I was watching all the highlights today during work because, you know, shout out to HR, work. fuck work. Um, <laughs> it, oh my God, like, oh my God. <laughs> it was pretty fucking phenomenal. Um, but, yeah. but, I mean, Brighton is not a team to, like, you know, don't go in there, like, playing down to your competition. Those, the unofficial gay capital does not fuck around. So, um, or they do fuck around. I don't, or, all right, uh, but Brighton, them, them, <laughs> them gay seagulls, I'm all about them. So, uh, I I think Tottenham, I think they write the ship. I think they start like figuring their, you know, I know they've had the same squad for a couple of years. Like they got to get their identity in order, and I think they just, you know, they'll build off this. I still think they come in second in the group in the Champions League. Just please, guys, like I'm an Arsenal fan, but I'm I'm really rooting for you. I swear to Christ, like I really like. You doing well makes my job easier, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Huge shout out to Brighton because I think Brighton is one of the uh, one teams that are consistently in the bottom half of the uh, Premier League that don't give a fuck when they go up against a uh, big name team. Um, granted, they went up against Manchester United, beat them. They only lost one zero to Liverpool. They. Uh, in my opinion, were arguably the better squad against Tottenham, lost 1-0 or 2-1, and now this coming weekend they play Manchester City. So I think Brighton has that dog in them, and I'm excited to see what they can do um, this year because, yeah, they lost two out of their three results against the top six, but other teams would lose it 4-5-0. You saw what um, City did to uh, Cardiff. Brighton doesn't fucking roll over and play dead, so I think... For all of uh, for all of Tottenham's um, luckiness, that this game showed that Brighton can hang with that you know ten nine eight position place if they keep going out like dogs and getting that uh, getting that moral victory, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah, I just feel like Tottenham really needed this, and also they didn't want me to like end their season on the podcast. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were listening. They were like, "Oh shit, Kevin's talking shit." Uh, they really like. We really need to get this three points. All right, moving on to uh, London Derby. Um, shout out to West Ham. A little bounce back by West Ham. Nil nil draw uh, by West Ham and Chelsea. Um, lots of passing, Martin. Chelsea sorry system is nothing but passing, and you know I feel like it's finally been exposed. You know, it's like. 
how many times can you pass it back and forth between each other and not like push it to your like attacking top three you know what i mean like how many times can you just pass it between Kovacic, Jorginho, and Conte? You know what I mean? Like, I like when I was watching this game, I'm like, just, just, just do it. Just, just pass it up, you know, to your players. <laughs> like, I was just yeah. There's go ahead, my bad. No, no, no. That's that's what I had. I was just literally gonna say like, like I get it. You're almost just like it's like I'm getting a hand job. Like, what are we doing? And like, we're not like doing anything afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, this is just like, can we like this is nice, but like, what are we doing? It could be better. Like, this could be no. way um, better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that this this showed the first crack, the first uh, real weaknesses in the um, sorry system. And it, it really is a gap of communication, a gap of passing between the midfield and the offense. And uh, according to uh, Sari, Sari doesn't want Conte to join the attack at all. He wants him to sit the fuck back and just defend. And man, when you have a player like Conte, why wouldn't you let him use all of his capabilities? Yeah, he's not going to score goals every fucking game. Yeah, he's, he's going to bring in more players in the attack and sit at the top of the 18 or like five yards back and keep the ball in that zone. Don't take Conte out of the game just so your system works. So yeah, this this was kind of kind of bad for uh, Chelsea. Really fucking good for West Ham. Um, but the biggest problem i think for chelsea is they need to get the fuck the fucking spanish out of their team the god damn it i can't talk sorry i'm like trying to hide my beer as uh librarians walk by um they need <laughs> shout, to get first off, first off shout out to martin being in a library doing this podcast drinking beer so shout out to martin once again for being a fucking whatever it takes baby fucking fucking <laughs> g yeah, books don't have shit on me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, th- they need to get Morata out of that team. We talked about how Mitrovic was already linked um, to Chelsea, but Morata has done fuck all under Conte. He's continuing to do fuck all for Sarri, and they need a true out-and-out striker. I mean, Giroud is great. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the best hold-up play- players in the um, business, but they need a striker like Diego Costa who's going to bang goals in, who's going to roughhouse the defense, so gaps appear and uh, the midfield can pass through those gaps. So Chelsea needs to figure out their striker situation and quickly. Um, but then again, this is the first game they didn't win. They only drew and people are already freaking out. So I, I want to be too hard on Chelsea right now. There's some cracks, but Chelsea's still going to crush it this year, dude. No, I, you know, I was skeptical of them making top four. But again, like I need to know like, Abramovich, whatever he's taking or like whatever he's on because the guy is a fucking genius you know what i mean like it's it's just remarkable like i've never seen in any sport where someone can just like take different coaches or managers and just keep winning you know what i mean can you can you i can't can you can you think of any other like fucking uh maybe the lakers like yeah, but they had Steve Jackson for the majority of yeah. They had Phil Jackson, their, like, domination. and then they had the owner of the Miami Heat, uh, whatever his name is, when they were doing. Oh, uh, yeah, I know you know what I'm about. Yeah, fuck. Um, God, I, uh, Pat Riley. Yeah, yeah, Pat Riley. Yeah, right? I mean they've, but I can't really think. But within like a decade's like you know, like uh, time frame, it's such a short time span of just picking up coach after coach and just being so consistent and so good i mean like i mean money talks don't get me wrong but i mean god abramovich is just 
amazing. But oh, I see your note right here. Abramovich selling Chelsea? I haven't heard anything about this. Is this like a report coming out? Oh, yeah. This is good. This is good. So Abramovich might have um, might have some issues off the pitch. Um, first and foremost, he owns the world's second largest lot, yacht. Um, but that's besides the point. He has been deemed a national security risk by the government of Switzerland, so he's not allowed to live there. He has already been kicked out of uh, Britain, so he's not allowed to live there. And he's, like, trying to move his money around to, like, uh, I think there's they're investigating him for, like, uh, tax evasion or tax fraud or some shit. But, yeah, basically police are refusing to let him live in those sanctuary um, cities. So he put Chelsea up for sale for $3.65 billion with a fucking B dollars. And, man, if Abramovich goes... You're losing the best coach picker in the world. Like, what's Chelsea going to do once Abramovich goes? Are Dude, they going to have, like, like, the same coach for fucking 10 years? Like, no, that's not Chelsea. But, like, he is the greatest scout of managers. Like, like they're scouts of yeah. players. This guy is a scout of fucking managers. I don't I don't know. He's just – he's got that magic touch. It's really, really weird. It's – I don't – I don't understand. Maybe money, but, like, it's really weird. You know what I mean? Like – it's uh, I don't know um, but I do think sorry needs to like readjust and like it's cool that he's breaking all these passing records and whatnot but like it's not resulting in goals I mean it's worked up till now but I feel like it's about time he's been exposed and like it can't work every single time you know what I mean yeah oh yeah absolutely agreed because at the end of the day once people see your game plan and see you're not changing your game plan you're going to get found out. Kind of happened to uh, Pep in his first year. He tried to keep that same game plan, that tiki-taka pass from the back with no changes to the system or personnel, and people found him out by February, and uh, Manchester City's uh, performances declined. So I, I think this is a similar situation. If um, if fucking sorry doesn't uh, edit or just uh, change up his uh, system a little bit, he's going to get found out. And it's not just going to be the West Hams that find him out. It's going to be the uh, Cardiff Cities. It's going to be the Huddersfield United. It's going to be everybody finds out that he's just going to pass you to death. And once you break down those uh, passing lines, they're just a fucking blunt sword. They can't really hurt you. So I think Sarri definitely needs to tweak his system a bit to still uh, keep that pressure squarely on Liverpool and still really contend for the title. But I think he's smart enough to know that and do that. So I, I don't think Chelsea will um, have any like reoccurring repercussions from this draw. They only drew. They haven't even lost yet. And people are just like, oh, this is horrible. Chelsea has been found out. But it's so, like, but it's like uh, Chelsea wins like every other year. So they didn't win last year. So they're like, this is the year. It's like the Blackhawks in hockey. Yeah. It's like... You know, like, whoa, well, like, well, you know, we win every other year. Or, like, the Patriots, it's like, you know. Um, so, moving on to the last London team, uh, Arsenal versus Everton. Uh, Laka and Alba, Aubameyang, on the scoreboard, 56th and 59th minute. Um, Martin, I got to say, Everton, I felt, like, performed really well. Petr Cech, like, should have deserved man of the match. He was phenomenal. I mean, the guy is just, like brushing off the rust off his shoulders uh he has to deal with a new system where he's trying to learn how to pass from the back and he's not like really used to it you know what i mean we talked about that yeah. yesterday on the philly soccer show and like uh greg orlandini made a good point i've been like oh shit yeah like he is like he never did any of this show of Jose Mourinho, this whole pass from the back shit 
So, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I still have some worries about this team, but I see here four wins in a row. You're right. Like, and like, why are you not starting your best squad every time? You're like, why are you not playing your best players? It's ludicrous. But, you know, I'm very happy. You know, I was very drunk by the end of the podcast that never got released. You know, the, the, uh, corrupted prediction podcast for this week but like um i was like let's go i'm all on the arsenal train i'm all on the unai emery train i am still on this unai emery train till i know i will be eventually let down but right now i'm like i'm i'm riding high i'm riding high on this unai emery train yeah man i think uh unai is quietly um improving arsenal uh check said uh this past weekend after the win against everton that Unai's mindset is all about winning, which is much different than Arsene Wenger's was, and there's more of a cohesion. So it looks like the players are responding to his management and his style of play. Um, And like you said, quietly up to four wins, and there's been little to no media coverage on that. So I think this is kind of the perfect storm for Arsenal right now, as long as the spotlight isn't focused on them. They will continue to improve. They will continue to build their team. Um, I, I'm, I've gotten to the point where um, I think Czech is an incredible goalkeeper. I think he should be starting. But selfishly, I just want to see Bernard Lindo play. I, all I want to do is see him play for no reason other than I've never really seen him before. Y'all bought him for, what, $40 million this past summer? No, no, play. no. He, we got him for, like, pretty cheap, I think. Like, I think it was only, like... Uh... Was it? No, I don't think it was that much. Uh, (laughs) Doing some some Googling. Google, Google, Google. Let's see. God, this is a lot of information. 20 mil. Oh, yeah. 25 million. I mean, if you look at Allison, I mean, it's pretty good. (laughs) That's a fucking steal right there. God damn. But, yeah, I think uh, the biggest news of this weekend is that Theo Walcott still can't score at the Emirates. Dude, he looked like he so. had pink eye. Like, yeah, fucked up. Like, he looked like, ooh, I, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he got wrecked, but, like, he looked all sorts of fucked up at the end of the game. Uh, luck is, he had some great chances, too. Check fucking denied his ass. Dude, that was sick. I know. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You took... <laughs> you took Tyrion Rees' number. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That disrespect. But yeah, I just don't understand why you don't just start Lacazette and Aubameyang. Like that's like literally, it's like the like. Oh yeah, let's put the two fastest men on our fucking team. Like and just like have them run down the lanes. You know what I mean? Like it just. I think Unai is still trying to figure out his team, figure out his players, and like figure out the best rotation. But like, uh, just. It just feels good to win, you know. Just, just win, baby. Like it just—it's so good to see Arsenal low-key winning and no one talking about us. I kind of—it's kind of like the LA Rams, where I'm like, no one's talking about the, yeah. like the Rams like quietly just winning all these games, like because usually Arsenal's like, oh, winger out, like what's going on? Like right now, there's not a lot of dysfunction. We're like comfortably in like sixth place right now, tied with Tottenham, like. It's it's kind of nice, you know. We're just chilling. So, Martin, let's move on to questions. Do you have any last thoughts about Arsenal Everton? 
Uh, no, except I'm like extraordinarily jealous that I don't feel positive about my team and I just feel completely depressed, but I guess it's a rule of averages. Dude, I've felt this for years and years and years. <laughs> Dude, I'm just all on the Unai Emery train right now. I know eventually it's going to crash and like I'm going to have to pick between killing <laughs> five people and one person. You know that old trick? Um, where oh, yeah. the psychology test, like, do you kill five or kill one person? I know Arsenal's going to do that to me, but like, not yet. And I'm all like, just so, just, oh. So I'm, I mean, I'm kind of drunk right now, but I'm, again, I love that Arsenal is the end of this podcast too, because in the last one, I was like so drunk, like saying, like, I'm so on the, Ar- <laughs> I'm on the Arsenal train. I am again, just so on this Arsenal train. Top, top four. Oh, oh, oh. oh. All right. All right, I can see it. I can see it. All right, um, um, are you going to go to Instagram first? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, and we have uh, our first question from Tom underscore Purvis two four two, and he uh, said, "Is Paul Pogba ready to be Manchester United's captain?" We kind of answered this um, in the beginning of the podcast, but I want to reiterate that I think he is a leader of the team off the field, not so much on the field. Um, I don't think he's ready to be Manchester United's captain solely because he does not boss the game from a midfield. If he was a vocal leader, then absolutely. If he was a true leader on the pitch, then this whole Mourinho taking the captain ban from him, that would be huge news. I'd be fucking livid. I would fucking fly over to Manchester and uh, probably murder Jose Mourinho. But I don't think Paul Pogba has that mentality as of yet. Can he grow into it? Yeah, sure. Let's see. But as of right now, I don't I, I don't think he has that mentality. What about you, Kev? I mean, but who's who's next man up? Who do you have next? Who 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 would be well, I mean I, I like Pogba because I think his stature and the way he controls the midfield when he when he does control the midfield is like really good. Right. But like uh I mean who else? I mean, right now it's Antonio Valencia and or Ashley Young. And I think those are the true leaders of the team. Um, they are the eldest leaders. But for the next one up, the next like consistent manager, I genuinely think it should either go to David De Gea or, um, or uh, Lukaku. Because at the end of the day, you don't have... Um, any better players on the pitch. I think David De Gea, Lukaku, and Paul Pogba are the best players on Manchester United. I don't think David De Gea is that um, leader-type mentality. So I think it would have to go to Lukaku. Give him, give him that role because it seems to me that while Pogba kind of wilts under pressure and under scrutiny, Lukaku kind of has that Le- LeBron mentality where he closes off those outside people talking shit about him and he just plays his game. And I've never seen uh, Lukaku take a poor performance into the next game. So I think at the end of the day, did go you, with wait, did one you, of the best players. Did you just compliment LeBron? Go. Like, I've never... Mentality. Ah, uh, all right, well, I'll, I'll take it. You know how... You know how many fucking other NBA players copy LeBron's mentality down to a T? Markel Fultz did the exact same thing LeBron did down to a T. Same with Ben Simmons during the playoffs. So I think that that type of mentality shows, uh, you know, shows that people can operate independently of what the media is saying. And I think that Lukaku, for everything that he said, there's an awesome article on uh, the Players' Tribune 
that he's been doubted, he's been made fun of his entire life, and all he wants to do is win. All he wants to do is prove them wrong. So I think you need a captain with that mentality, not the one who, and I, I like Paul Pogba a lot, but not the one who caters himself and his brand to the media, but a captain who is focused on soccer, soccer, and proving the doubters wrong. And I think Lukaku is the picture-perfect image of that uh, player for Manchester United. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the captain's kind of lost its, like, you know, like, aura or, like, you know, like, uh, mystery or, like, ah, oh, like, that's the captain. I don't know. I feel like in this new social media age, it's not, like, the guy who goes in there and, like, like as much as I want him to go in there and be, like, fire and fire and brimstone and be, like, ah, yeah, like, come on, guys, you fucking suck. Like, let's get out there. Like, I feel like... Oh, yeah, I agree. But, like, I feel like it's not as important. It's kind of just, like, a title that we kind of have to have nowadays but like, i agree but it, yeah. it can make a slight difference but i don't think it's the overarching like why there's a problem with the club you know what i mean i i totally agree on that because i mean it, you look at uh captains of the past in our respective uh soccer teams uh you look at rio fernand you look at gary neville um Vieira. you look at uh, ryan giggs Vieira, um uh murder no yeah murder sacker and you just have um these names these players who put everything on the line to win and make that team better. And now and now like you said it's kind of it's kind of a uh, honorable title to have but it doesn't really fucking make or break a team. Like Roy Keane if he saw the type of uh captains there are today, Roy Keane would actually murder someone in the locker room. Oh, he he Roy he'd, Keane he'd used rip to out their throw throat. people in the locker room. Oh yeah, he Yeah. He'd, so I say bring back that Bring back that type of captain, and I think Lukaku would be a cool old school captain to have. Yeah, just a big brawler. But let's move on to our last question from Brian Angelino, uh, or B Angelino. I'm so drunk. All right, uh, from the Discord, uh, we have a Discord app where it's like a chat room where people talk about like soccer and. All sorts of shit, but we post our questions there. Uh, he said, Gady, given the latest tip between Pogba and Mourinho, uh, does Pogba survive the January transfer window, or is he gone? Um, this is We brought this up earlier in the podcast. Martin, what do you think? I think Pogba survives the year, both Pogba and Mourinho, but I think there is definitely an exodus at the end of the season. What do you think? Yeah, I am right there with you. I don't think... Pogba will be sold in January. I do think Mourinho might be sacked before the end of the season. Um, but, yeah, basically if Mourinho stays, Pogba's going to go. Um, if not uh, this coming uh, summer, then absolutely next January. I think he has stated that he's not going to leave this coming January. But if Mourinho stays, then Pogba has got to go in as a Pogba fan and a United fan get out fucking get out dude like you are you are being mistreated you could be playing a lot better and if at the end of the day he goes to another team and performs like he did at Juventus then you will know the problem was Mourinho I think Pogba outlives Mourinho at United I don't even think Mourinho will make it to the end of the season if they continue this uh whole shebang of shit results (laughs) this just uh shit show we we can say that right Oh, yeah. That's accurate. All right, guys. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for the questions. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by StadiumScene.tv, the best place to find the 
best restaurants, bars, and parking for your favorite sporting events, please check out stadiumsteen.tv. Please, I fucking love you guys. If you love us, go check them out. They will <laughs> go. I, I'm doing so well with this ad read. Um, if you really love going to sporting events, you would love stadiumsteen.tv. They also have a huge network of other podcasts that just just fucking crush it. Um, we're friends with them. Bros Talking Soccer, Game Day Taurus, um, other ones. Um, and <laughs> um, It's great, Kev. Thank you. Um, Crushing it, man. Um, we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash ladspodcast. Um, Martin, is there anything else I'm forgetting before we close this bitch off? Uh, go to iTunes. Tell a friend to go to iTunes. Write a review. Uh, make it happy or sad. Up to you. Uh, and tune in on Friday morning for our prediction podcast. And we've got a really cool dude on Instagram keeping track of our tally of uh, betting. And we mentioned this before. We're super close. And that that's about it. Is that, is that I, think, uh, oh. I think we're done here. Okay. I think class is over. All right. Class is over. All right. Bye, guys. We love you. Sometimes. Bye. Like <laughs>